What do you think of when you hear the word holy? The Holy Spirit? The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass? Perhaps you have a vision of the throne room of God with ranks of angels and saints praising God. Holy can conjure many sublime mental images, but, but is it ever a word that comes to mind when you look in the mirror? We'll be unpacking the universal call to holiness coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Well, welcome to The Inner Life. I'm Patrick Conley, and happy St. Joseph's Day to you. I hope you're taking the time to celebrate this holy man, patron of the Universal Church. And speaking of holy men and holy women, of course, St. Joseph, our Blessed Mother Mary, and indeed all the saints provide for us great models of holiness, examples for us to emulate as we seek to follow this universal call to holiness. And this call, of course, is something that is for all of us, but it's meant to be lived out in our unique circumstances and settings. You are to pursue holiness precisely in the particulars of your unique life. But how do you do that? How do I do that? That's what we're exploring today in the hour ahead. So glad you've joined us. Let's welcome to The Inner Life a brand new spiritual director, Father Craig Vosick. Father Vosick is a priest of the Diocese of Crookston, Minnesota, and is a specialist in the Secretariat of Evangelization and Catechesis at the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. So, Father Vosick, welcome to the program. Good to be speaking with you. Patrick, I'm delighted to be with you. Great. Well, Father, uh, you and I have met, so um, that's that's always a plus in my book that we've uh, spent some time together. But uh, why don't you give us a little bit of information about who you are? Who is Father Craig Vosick? Sure. Well, Patrick, first, just to say thank you. You came to my parish a number of years ago to help uh, help us all grow in holiness. So that's that's apropos mm. to our conversation today. Indeed. Uh, but I'm from I'm from northern Minnesota. I grew up on a farm, played a lot of sports, uh, went to college to study architecture. Uh, had a conversion, a profound conversion. I was a very sinful young man. Uh, had a profound conversion. Uh, in my freshman year of college, and then subsequent to that, was uh, invited by the Lord Jesus to pursue priesthood, and uh, I was eager to do that at that point because I wanted to follow Him. Um, and now I've been a priest for twelve years for the Diocese of Crookston in Northern Minnesota, and at present I'm uh, on loan from the diocese to the USCCB, laboring for the Eucharistic revival. Yeah, that's exciting. That's exciting. What is what exactly is included or involved in this being a specialist in this Secretary of Evangelization and Catechesis and your work with the revival? Yeah, so specialist in this uh, means that I work full time for the revival. So the the secretariat works on a lot of things with the catechism and evangel evangelization projects. Uh, and I'm not helping with any of those things, uh, but I'm working <laughs> full time uh, on the revival. And so I'm, a, I'm a, one of the 50 priests who goes out preaching around the country. And then I help to uh, coordinate and collaborate with uh, entities, organizations, dioceses throughout the country to implement, uh, to pay attention to and to listen to the Lord uh, so that he might bring about revival in America. Uh, in particular towards his his full gift in the Holy Eucharist. Yeah, yeah. Well, I am excited that we're speaking with you today about the universal call to holiness. Let's uh, let's start to unpack that, Father. So give us a definition. What are we talking about here when we're talking about the universal call to holiness? Yeah, universal call to holiness. Well, um, 
in the Second Vatican Council document uh, on the the state of the church, um, they quote from First Thessalonians chapter four, verse number three. This is the will of God, your sanctification. Mm-hmm. So this is this is why we exist. We exist to become um, not just a, a good person. We exist to become like God. Um, so I think we can actually go all the way back to the book of Genesis, which we can find most things there, actually. Yeah. Um, and in Genesis chapter 1, as God is planning on creating the human race, he says, let us make uh, humans in our in our image after the divine likeness, let us make them. And uh, so we get these ideas of image and likeness. And I think these are important to start with. The, we're made in the image of God uh, in that, well, we're definitely not divine, but what does it mean to be in the image of God? If I'm in the image of God, God is intellect, God has will, God is free, and so we are also that. I have an intellect, I have a will, and I have a, I'm supposed to be moving towards freedom in my life. So that's, the, that's being made in the image of God. But we were also made after the likeness of God. So like likeness, uh, imitation, uh, reflection, refulgence, whatever words you want to use, it's the, it's the sort of echoing of the one thing as it ex- is exemplified in the other. We were in the likeness of God, but we lost that mm-hmm. in chapter three. Uh, you know, so, <laughs> it didn't take uh, long, did it? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, but we still have the image of God. And I think this is important. We still have the image of God. We still have an intellect, but now it's darkened. Huh? We still have a will, but now it's weakened. And it's going to distort it, but we still have these things. And so, to regain the likeness, to re, to regain the 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 reflection of uh, of God, is what holiness is. The moving towards holiness is to gain more and more that I begin to uh, replicate or reflect who God is. So, the universal call to holiness is the Second Vatican Council simply saying, "Hey, everybody, just remember." Um, yes, you're in the image of God, you have a brain and you have a heart, but we're supposed to be becoming like him again. Uh, and mm. I think that's, that's what holiness is, is to be like God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that, that seems to summarize it relatively well, but that doesn't necessarily make it any less complicated in terms of figuring out, you know, how do we pursue that as well? Um, our spiritual director today is Father Craig Vosick, a priest of the Diocese of Crookston, Minnesota. Well, how do you grow in holiness? What are some of those tips for growing in holiness that you'd like to share? Or when was a time in your life that you took a significant step forward in holiness? If you have some stories to share, we'd love to hear them. Give us a call. Join the conversation. Triple eight nine. 914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. So unpacking this a little bit more, Father, specifically around this universal call to holiness, um, I mean, like, I, I want to draw out a little bit more what you mentioned, that we're not just called to be a good person. I think that's a pretty, uh, it's it's pretty pervasive um, that people have this idea that, yeah, well, you know, I just need to be a good person. But it goes beyond that. So can you unpack that a little bit more? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, ultimately, the good uh, will end up as godly. Um, but uh, I think good oftentimes simply is a euphemism for lukewarm with regard right. to, yeah. to holiness. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm good enough. So- 
like, no, that's not what holiness is. Holiness is not about a sort of a reaching a plateau and then saying, hey, I've arrived. But rather, since there's this infinite being, God, eternal and infinite being, and I'm supposed to be like that eternal and infinite being, then I have to continue to be stretching towards the heights. Mm. Uh, and we're supposed to be striving for that perfection. The letter of the Hebrew says, strive for that perfection without which you cannot see God. Like there's, a, you're supposed to be just shooting for the stars, not sort of like, no, 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 I can just settle down here. You know? So I think that's typically what's happening when people are talking about, no, I just got to try to be a good person. It's like, well, if that means that there's going to be a plateau, then no, not that. And if it also means like there's no definition of what the good is, so you can just justify your behavior, well, that's actually, that's that's not it either. Mm. Um, good, if it's truly good, it's going to be rooted in truth. And what's rooted in truth is like virtue. And so if I'm going to be a good person, I need, I need to actually be a virtuous person. And virtue, are there's truth. So there's ways by which I, I act, think, behave, move, grow, uh, habituate myself deeper and deeper into that reality. Um, that makes me godly, you know? So I think that's, that'd be like a quick, maybe that wasn't quick enough, but a quick uh, distinction <laughs> between the good and godly. No, you're hitting on the things that I, that were running through my head too. I know that the, in some ways being a catechist myself, it's, it's, it's tough when the church uh, outlines kind of, you know, the, the minimum standard, like we expect you, for instance, we expect you, you need to go to confession at least once a year. <laughs> Every time I say that I'm drawing back into myself and I'm thinking, oh man, but I don't want to be, I don't want to be perpetuating this. Oh, I, well, yeah, I can go to confession once a year or something like that. You know, I want to encourage people. No, but we encourage much more regular confession than that. That's just one example. So uh, yeah, you're definitely getting there with that. Now, obviously you said we've been given an intellect, we've been given a will. Um, our participation in this is absolutely fundamentally necessary and important but let's be honest here. Of course, even with our, you know, with our, with our dimmed intellect, with our weakened will, we're not going to get there on our own. Um, so, how does God help us in our pursuit of holiness? Yeah. So, I w I would say He is the primary actor, <laughs> not just a helper. You know. So, I think I think the way that you even phrased it, I think is is really helpful to just pause on. We oftentimes think that holiness for ourselves is our project that we should invite God along to help us with. Yeah. Um, that that is that that is like I think that's the result of the fall for us okay. that we somehow understand our own um, being like me as as a as a as an as a ego like I have I, I am a me you know that that reality that somehow we make a distinction between that and God like. It, we belong to him. He created me. I'm his. My life is not my own. I mean, these are the things that the scripture is trying to remind us of because we've forgotten it. So I was, I'm actually glad that you asked it that way because you're asking it the way that so many people ask it, right? Right. Uh, which yeah. makes it easy for us to make a an immediate corrective, which is no, 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 no. Time out. Uh, God is the one who begets in us anything of the good period. We can't stretch towards any good thing on our own apart from him planting it in us. This is what uh, Philippians says in Colossians and the entire New Testament says this. It is God who in his goodness towards you begets in you any measure of the good. And then he carries it along and then he brings it to perfection. 
And so we even have uh, you know, the epistle saying, may God who has begun this good work in you, may he bring it to completion. So we actually have to catch this first. My project of holiness, my project of life, my project of sanctification is not mine. It's his, it's God's because he created me and he created me to be his. And so he's already the one who's the primary actor in this thing. And it's much less, uh, I mean, it oftentimes looks like me asking him for help uh, from my own perspective, but it's him already prompting all this that is that it more true to this is me sort of um, just responding and and accepting the work that he's trying to do in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's 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 way more about response. It's way more about um, accepting and surrender. These, these principles that we don't like to talk about, but they're they're essential because God is already on the move. He's already working. And so I need to be coming along what he's up to. Right, right. And it makes sense of uh, Jesus' own words of, you know, you, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect, right? I mean, sometimes I, I know I personally am tempted, I, I read that and I'm tempted to think, what are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, being being very aware of all of my shortcomings, all of my failures, all of my sin, uh, just thinking, what in the world are you talking about, Jesus? I mean, this will never happen. But just the way that you began to um, to unpack that, to to talk about it a little bit more, and to make it more that we are responding to God's work in our life. Well, now it starts to become a little bit clearer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, just to take this this uh, passage from Matthew chapter five, you know, you must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Um, that's already daunting. You know, I think a lot of people sort of like, well, you can't actually mean that. Um, but just to kind of double down on that a little bit, uh, the letter of, of Revelation, the book of Revelation speaks about um, how there can be nothing at all in any degree of uncleanness in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so people ask, you know, like, well, who's in heaven? And the, the response that I give is who's in heaven is God and anything that is exactly like God, because there can't be anything that is of any impurity or any lying or any uh, disease or anything because it's the place of perfection so there can't be anything that is not yet perfect in heaven and so like this is where we can immediately say thanks be to god for purgatory and thanks be to god for all these <laughs> other things that'll that'll help us help us out because it, god's serious about this like what's in god what's in heaven god and everything that is and anything and everything that is like god and nothing else well then i'm in a lot of trouble yeah 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 on my own i am never gonna be there I will never be able to go to heaven on my own. Uh, And that's the point. The point is that we have someone who has come to us, who has reconciled us back to the Father. His name is Jesus. And then a gift that he has sent, a personal gift, a third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit whom he has sent to sanctify us. So we have all three persons of the Holy Trinity working, you know, working on us because God desires all to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth for all of us to be in heaven. He wants us there. So he's going to give us the helps to get there, namely his son and his Holy Spirit. 
Yeah, how about that? And uh, if we're if we're seeking to be holy, we might as well look to the source of holiness Himself, right? I mean, that seems to be that seems to make a lot of sense to me. So, when was a time that you took a significant step forward in holiness? We'd love to hear your own story. Maybe there's ways, there's practices in your life that you have incorporated that you've seen growth and holiness in your own life. Maybe you've seen it modeled to you by others, by by saints, of course, but also by others around you. What have you seen? Uh, what are the stories that you have to share? Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to take just a short break, but we're going to be back with more of the inner life right after this. So stay with us. Looking for a new job? How about one that offers you opportunities for spiritual, social, and charitable growth? Our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is hiring new agents today. Visit relevantradio.com slash forester, an Illinois life insurance society. Not available in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. We're talking today about the universal call to holiness, that we are called to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. And our spiritual director today is Father Craig Vosick, a priest of the Diocese of Crookston, Minnesota, but now working uh, as part of the Eucharistic revival and helping us to uh, participate and, and prepare for all that is to come from our good Heavenly Father in that as well. Well, Father, I just uh, I was thinking here in a lot of the things that we're talking about, you know, how, a good question is, how does it boil down to the everyday? And I guess what I would ask is, do you have an example maybe of some practical decisions in everyday life that we can make that, that will actually move us closer to the heart of God when we're talking about holiness? Uh, yeah, so a million. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, so I, I've been doing spiritual direction for I mean, since I was ordained, I guess, and uh, doing retreats uh, for the missionaries of charity and going around giving conferences and, um, you know, reading from the greatest of spiritual traditions. I mean, the list goes on and on and on about the things that we can do. Um, But maybe just to kind of slide back for a moment, the last four years of my life, I've been working with uh, college athletes and a person listening might be like, what does that have to do with anything? Well, I think it's incredibly important to pay attention to what athletes do um, because they are striving with all of their effort towards a goal. Mm. And I think they give us an example of what we ought to be doing on the level of the spirit, which is what St. Paul actually says. He's he's like, all these runners are in the race and they're all running. You should run so as to win. And an athlete exercises vigilance in all of these ways. So you also must exercise vigilance, right? So he even makes this. But it was like every day they're focusing on cardio. They're focusing on strength. They're focusing on technique. They're focusing on attitude and discipline. And there's constant evaluation on every dimension so that they can be better at their craft, their sport. And I was watching and I was like, this is it's terrifying to watch how excruciating their days are uh, because they're focused They have a focus for what they're doing. And I think Christians (laughs) don't take that seriously enough. They think, well, I'll put in a couple minutes in the morning. I'll put in a couple minutes in the afternoon, maybe a couple minutes before I go to bed, and that should be good enough, right? Well, way wrong, like way wrong. It is the, it's the whole of life, right? So um, I've come up with what I call spiritual game plan, spiritual direction game plan. 
Um, and it includes accountability. So the first thing I can take from uh, athletes is they were accountable. So as a Christian, am I accountable? Am I accountable to the Lord? Am I accountable to myself? Am I accountable to a sort of rule of life that I've made for myself? Am I accountable to my resolutions since my last confession? Am I accountable to a friend? Am I accountable to someone? You know, mm -hmm. am I accountable? If, if we're not accountable, we're not, I mean, we might grow uh, quite a bit even, but I think accountability is very, very, very important. So I can check in on my life, so I can celebrate victories with someone, so I can acknowledge difficulties with someone, uh, so I can pay attention to where the movements in prayer have gone, the sharing of my life with the Lord have been, the different blocks to my prayer, and all these different things. I think accountability is incredibly important. Um, and then there's there's just... There's basic frames, I think, to pay attention to. The catechism will give basic frames. Uh, there's lots of other catechetical works that you can look at to give basic frames. But for the most part, I pay attention to daily reading of sacred scripture, one. We have to be reading scripture every day. Uh, the church is begging us to, to make a daily reading of sacred scripture, uh, 15 minutes at minimum kind of thing, right? Uh, so daily reading of sacred scripture, daily prayer. Uh, and not just not just like prayers, like daily prayer where it's heart to heart speaking, me and God, God and me. It's daily prayer, daily growth and obedience. Um, so daily growth in, in virtue. And uh, we can talk more about that. And then daily uh, testifying, daily witness, daily articulation of my relationship with God or of God's activity in the world to someone, to a friend, to a colleague, to someone, sharing the good news. Uh, so I think these these are fundamental beginnings, and I have, I have a whole list. I have a book worth of, of lists of other things that we can pay attention to. Yeah. Oh man. Well, that's a that's a great start. Thank you for sharing those. Let me let me dial back to the accountability one here just for a second. What makes for a good accountability uh, partner, if you will, a good a good person with whom to be accountable, Father? Yeah. So I'll share three uh, things personally. So you want practice, you want practicals. I'll give you practicals for my own life, yeah. um, but then apply them as you can. So I have three different levels of accountability. You can say four. One is that I have two dear friends that I tell everything to. Uh, they just, they just know everything about me. I, I have opened my life to others, you know? And so I have two really dear friends that I do that independently. So I, I share with both of them independently, but I share everything. Um, then I have a monthly uh, gathering with, in a small group of priests. And in that monthly gathering, I open up everything. Uh, they, and they open up everything. And we talk about things. And so then we're able to hear and encourage and then just lift up it's, if someone has been saying the same thing, like, you know, I really think I should dot, dot, dot. And if they've been saying that for multiple months, we can just lift that up and say, well, well, brother, <laughs> you've been saying that for a number of months. <laughs> what are some of the steps that you're taking to instead of just saying that you should, that you should, that you are, you know, and it, but gently, not biting, not sarcastically and not judgmentally, but just like lifting, like, no, we've, we've been hearing that for a bit. So what are we going to do there? You know? Um, and then I have monthly spiritual direction uh, with a with a spiritual director. Um, so not everybody can have that. I know, you know, a lot of people would like to have a spiritual director and they can't find one or something like that. But but someone that can act in that sort of way for you. So a holy conversation, at least, um, or 
uh, just the mutual sharing between good friends, like I mentioned in my first my first instance. Um, but if you can have someone who who is an elder in the faith uh, that that is living the life of holiness, it could be just a, a parishioner that you don't you're not a friend with otherwise, but you just know that they're following the Lord, so you just entrust yourself to them and they help to guide you. You know, um, so those would be three, and then uh, regular confession. I go every two weeks. Yeah. Uh, but uh, just regular confession. Uh, these are places I think that are just concrete places of accountability. And then, so a fifth one, I guess we could say, um, and it's paper. Uh, and so I write down what I'm striving for, what I'm aspiring for, what I'm going for. Mm. And then I look back to that piece of paper, like, am I, you know, so there's, there's a piece of paper that is holding me accountable to what I said I was going to do. <laughs> It sounds simple, but it is, it's a brave move, Father. It really is that, uh, yeah, once you write it down, it, like, it takes on a whole new dimension of reality, doesn't it? I mean, it does, yeah. it does hold us accountable. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. If you have an accountability uh, partner in your life, someone who has helped you to grow in holiness and would like to give them a shout out, give us a call. Uh, we'll put you on the air, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Let's take a phone call, Father. We've got Mary, who's calling in from Northern California. So, Mary, welcome to The Inner Life. Yes, thank you so much. Um, so, I'm a little embarrassed to admit it, but I used to have quite a quite a, a potty mouth. I grew up secular, and I would curse a lot. Um, eventually, I became a Protestant Christian, but I still was cursing. I never even noticed it until... I became a Catholic a few years ago, and my first Lent, I was trying to think of what to give up, and I couldn't think of anything up, and, and I, I cursed, and I said, my goodness, I use so many swear words, this is horrible, and so I gave it up, and I have not cursed ever since, and it really has been life-changing, because I realized that when, when you use these words, you're actually cursing yourself, you're cursing others, there's a demonic element, whether you mean it or not. So I don't curse anymore, and, I, and I'm also not aggressive. Um, cursing is very aggressive, so I don't argue with people anymore. I'm much calmer. So that is what I've done, and I highly recommend it. Father Osik, what what do you what about that? I mean, that is something that I think a lot of people face. Um, so, just uh, utilizing words that are <laughs> perhaps not at all helpful for our growth in holiness, and uh, and then being able to give that up. So, what do you think of Mary's testimony? Yeah, so there's a whole there's a whole list of things that Mary has shared that are really really important and helpful. In particular, the idea of Lenten uh, sacrifices and giving things up. When you give up something that is uh, sinful, vicious, it's you know this this goes without saying, but it's but we should say it. Don't ever take that back. If you give it up for Lent, don't take it back on, obviously, though, because uh, and that this is like the main thing of Lent anyway, is like rooting out vices. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So when people are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to try to um, and they do something that's like to, I'm going to, I don't know, make make, make my bed. Uh, well, that's good. There is a habit in that. I guess there's sanctification. In that. But really, we're trying to root out and drive out vicious behavior, which is what Mary did, which is so helpful. Uh, I remember I have my own testimony on that exact same point. I remember uh, playing basketball and uh, something came out of my mouth early in my conversion. And I was like, I can't believe I just said that while I'm playing basketball. And, and I never and I never took the Lord's name in vain again. So uh, praise the Lord, Mary, for for that opportunity in your life to to root something out and to not take it back. This is I mean, this is James chapter three, going back to the to the scriptures, right? The taming of the tongue. It's uh, it's so tricky, but it's it's mm -hmm. what we need to do. We need to we need to tame the tongue. Uh, that's James chapter three. So good job, Mary. 
Yeah, very good, Mary. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. If you have a similar story of something that you have rooted out of your life that helped you grow in holiness, give us a call, 888-914-9149. Maybe you have a question about uh, something that you're facing and how do I grow in holiness in this particular situation. Also, give us a call, 888-914-9149. Well, Father, I, I know that uh, the St. Joseph's Day today, we're honoring um, this great this great and holy man, and uh, all the saints really do hold out for us this, this example as I open the show with uh, just talking about them and, and saying that, yeah, these saints do uh, give us an example of, of heroic virtue, of holy lives, of things to strive for and strive after that can go on our paper as we're holding ourselves accountable, right? Um, so any thoughts, particular saints that come to mind that have been inspirations for you when it comes to holiness? Yeah, so many. Um, so St. Joseph is one of my favorite saints, the saint of the day. I actually consecrated my priesthood to St. Joseph, the, nice. the husband of the Blessed Virgin Mary and fa- father of the church. But um St. Bernard of Clairvaux has been a great saint personally for me. Uh, St. Louis de Montfort has been such a good saint, St. Alphonsus Liguori, so for different reasons. So um, St. Louis de Montfort uh, was such a great articulator of uh, the role of the Blessed Virgin Mary in the life of a Christian. And so as I was growing as a young Christian, as a Catholic, uh, he was so helpful in forming me to how do I, how do I, turn towards the Lord Jesus with my whole life and along that path uh, have Our Lady go along with me. And uh, and he just did such a great job in teaching and exemplifying that to me. So I'm, I'm so grateful to St. Louis de Montfort. St. Alphonsus Liguori, um, and for lots of other reasons for other people, but for me in particular, his ascetical works, uh, his ability to just quote from the from the tradition and from the scriptures, like every line was filled with another quote from another holy person and a saint. So his memory must have been amazing. Um, and so, and his articulation of, of the life of holiness and the things that he would write about, that he would write about holiness. He would write about the Eucharist. He would write about all these beautiful topics. And uh, he's been such a good example to me. And then St. Bernard of Clairvaux, um, through his his incredible preaching ability, they call him um, the the mouth dripping with honey, mellifluous doctor, that there's honey flowing from him uh, because he is such an eloquent writer and preacher uh, and so helpful in the life of the church. His sermons on the Song of Songs and his articulations of the Benedictine rule of life uh, were, are, have been so inspiring to me. I was actually able to pray at his tomb uh, finally for the first time last summer in France, and I was so grateful to do so. So, I mean, there, there's so many things that I could mention uh, along the way, but those three, I still pray to them, all three of those saints, uh, every single day, in particular as I approach the Ambo to preach a homily, uh, mm-hmm. because they're just such great um, articulators of the of the Christian way of holiness. Right. And one of the things that I found, I mean, I did start, start the show today just asking if we ever think of holy when we're looking in the mirror. And I, I just want to be, I, I want to clarify that perhaps a little bit in saying that, you know, I think on on the one hand, of course, we never want to we never want to look in the mirror and think, "Wow, what a holy person," you know, right? Yeah, I mean, because we're always invited more deeply, and not that I have ever had that experience. But on the on the other hand, though, I think sometimes, I mean, and this this kind of pulls in some of the things that we did mention, but. Um, I, on the other hand, I think we can get too bogged down in our in our sinfulness and not strive for those things. But it seems like the saints, 
I mean, they the writings of the saints that I read anyway seems to say that they were well aware of their shortcomings, of their sinfulness, of their, you know, not having made it. And yet they are still they were and and on the path of heroic virtue and they followed through with that. So they are examples for us in that. Right, Father? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's uh, it's the holding of a couple realities. There's there's the goal. And there's the awareness of the goal and there's the awareness of where I am. Uh, so there's this, there's this great call to earth shattering sanctity that I'm, that I'm moving towards and then a recognition. Oh yeah, but I'm not, I'm not there yet, but I can, but I can continue to advance so that the saints have hope, which, which means I, I can see that I can go towards this reality. I'm moving towards this reality, but they're also humble. So there's hope and humility, hope. I'm still on my way and I can, and I can go and humility. I'm not there yet. And that's yeah. the, that's the optimism uh, and the, the sort of the zeal that's in the heart of the saints is that like, no, we're, we're still going, we're still going, we're still going. So it's not just, it's not simply optimism, but it includes the notions that we carry with optimism. It's called yeah. hope. Yeah, yeah. Humility and hope. Love it, love it. Let's take another phone call. We've got Wendy who's calling um, calling in from Cerritos, California. Wendy, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. Well, thank you for taking my call. I'm a first-time caller. Appreciate Excellent. it. Welcome. Okay, I wanted to share a couple things that uh, have been done previously during Lent that I think were extremely helpful. The first one was for myself. And it was for, let's say, gossiping. So would you say that about the person if they were in the room with you? So that's a good way to judge on if it's okay to say. If they were standing there with you, maybe you wouldn't say it, so then you should not say it. So that was the first thing that was very helpful, helping me reflect in things I was saying. Not a cursor. I don't curse that way. But I do live with some people that curse or have in the past. And I would say to them, would you say that if the father was in the room with us? And the answer would be, well, of course not. Okay, then why are you saying it if he's not in the room with us? Because the Lord is always with us, right? So those yeah, are my so tips for Lent, something to do does- for Lent. Wendy, those are great tips. And they, what you've done there is you've you've brought sort of this uh, theoretic reality into the concrete. You know, um, you know, a person could create a theory. It's like, well, I can say this because that person's not really here. They're just a theoretic person. It's like, no, no. If they're in the room with you, would you say it? No, I wouldn't. Okay, then don't. That's that's really helpful. I uh, I get. I'm, I'm laughing as I as I say this, but it's pretty pretty regular that I walk into a room. You know, a priest wearing my collar, and I'm around people, and then someone will let uh, some sort of word slip out of their mouth, right? And then they'll turn to me, <laughs> and they'll say, Oh, oh, sorry, Father, sorry, Father, as if I'm the reason why they should or should not do that right but like it's a beautiful it's a beautiful reality of the priesthood that we're such an immediate reflection of the father like you're saying Wendy, we're an immediate reflection of the father and so people are like oh sorry father and what i typically say to them is it's okay it's not me you know i'm smiling to them you know because i'm trying to be disarming and not judgmental uh it's like it's it's that's okay it's it's not me though that you should um apologize to and they just kind of point up and they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, so, uh, yeah, the father is always he, he, he observes and governs all things. And uh, holiness uh, is to be aware of that in the here and now. 
because then there's so many activities that we won't fall prey to when we recognize that the, the Lord is present. So that's great, Wendy. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for the call, Wendy. Really appreciate it. If you have a story of something that you have done, committed to, and seen God work in your life and delivered you from the practice that was helping you to grow in holiness, then uh, please give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. We're speaking about the universal call to holiness with our spiritual director today, Father Craig Vosick from the Diocese of Crookston and a uh, preacher in the Eucharistic Revival as well. We're going to have more of the inner life right after this short break, so stay with us. This hour is sponsored by St. Gregory Recovery Center, helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at relevantradio.com slash Gregory. That's relevantradio.com slash Gregory. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to our producer, Nick Sentovich, and both Thomas Engeser and Patrick Alog taking some phone calls for us today, and as well to our spiritual director, Father Craig Vosick, as we're talking about the universal call to holiness. And uh, Father, I know that uh, oftentimes, you know, we have a great, thanks be to God, we have such a great uh, a. a communion of saints, right, that we can look to as examples of holiness. Um, but nonetheless, um, it, it behooves us to ask, why are there so few saints? And I understand that St. John of the Cross has uh, an answer to that. Yes, yeah, so he actually asks that question, and then he answers it. I mean, this is, the, this is what uh, the saints do for us. They ask the right questions, right? They ask the right questions, and then they they beseech God to give them clarity um, and understanding. So when I came across this, he asked, "Why are there so few great saints?" I was like, "Good question." Yeah, Saint John of the Cross, and now tell me the answer. But um, there should be a warning here: uh, nobody's going to like to hear the answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Lay the answer us. is not the kind of answer we're looking for uh, at all. But I mean, as his name indicates. Uh, St. John of the Cross, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to have to do with the cross. And what is the cross? The cross is something we do not like, right? So, um, so yeah, yeah, why are there so few? And he says this, and he goes on and on and on, and we can break this down. So this is from The Living Flame of Love, um, which is one of his mystical poems that he wrote. And then he writes these commentaries after he writes a poem, and then he writes the commentary on the poem to explain it. And it's masterful, masterful stuff. Um, but he says that there's three levels, and we can liken these in the spiritual life. He's inside of the spiritual tradition. You know, we'll, t- we'll say things like there's the world, uh, the flesh, and the devil, right? Or there's the, from First from John, there's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Kind of these lists of three things. So he says that there's these, these three things that we need to pay attention to if we're going to become holy. There's the, there's the things that come from the world that are uh, difficult for us. There's the difficulties that uh, come to our senses, uh, so our five external senses, and then there are those difficulties that come to our our spirit, properly speaking. And those those difficulties, uh, as they come to us, we always and we can all just raise our hand. We always resist them. We don't like difficulties, and so he goes on to say, when these things arrive to us. We try to push them away, and everybody's like, "Yeah, duh. Why wouldn't we? You know, because why would we? Why would we want these things?" And his point is that um, that the Lord 
as he's trying to make us holy, the way that he makes us holy is that he gives us opportunities to uh, show resilience. He gives us opportunities to show um, steadiness, sturdiness. He gives us opportunities to be patient. So if a person says, Lord, give me patience, he's going to give you a temptation towards impatience to act against so you can grow in patience. Mm -hmm. um, there's always the pressing against the thing. So if I want to get strong in my arm, going back to the athletes, huh? if I want to get strong in my arm, I don't just like lift my arm up and down, up and down. No, I stick weights in it. Right. That, that makes it harder because then I will get stronger faster. It's this exact principle. And so St. John of the Cross says, as the Lord tries to sanctify us, he brings things to us and what they appear to us as. And he goes on and lists them. I'll list them here. Uh, but we don't like the list. Uh, trials, discomforts, fears, temptations. Those are from the world. And then from the senses, temptations. Aridity, so dryness, affliction, and then at the level of the spirit, tribulations, darknesses, distress, abandonment, temptations, and other trials in the spirit. Okay, so yeah, of course, we don't want these things. So, But as they come to us, so if you see them, if you uh, kind of make the image of something that is coming towards me, and it looks like I don't like the thing coming towards me, I'm going to get out of the way so that it goes past me and I don't have to deal with it. You know, that's, And so this is the way that St. John of the Cross says that it goes for us. God comes to us with the cross, right? With yeah. the cross, he brings a cross to us. And it's, it's one of these things. It's a temptation or it's a discomfort or it's a whatever. And we push it away. We say, no, thank you, Lord. And uh, so St. John of the Cross says this. Um, and here it ought to be pointed out why so few reach this great state of perfection. It should be known that the reason is not that God wishes only a few of these spirits to be so elevated. No. But since he is giving them trials and little things, and he finds that they can't even carry them, and they're unwilling to carry them, as a result of this, he proceeds no further in purifying them. So what is what does the scripture help here? Um, those who are faithful in small matters will be faithful in great matters. Well, if we never can learn to prove ourselves in the small matters, how is God ever going to sanctify us to a high level? He can't unless we begin to cooperate with this work that he's doing. So he says, there are many who desire great holiness, but there are few who are willing to do the work to get there. For although they desire, this is a quote from John, for although they desire to reach the state of perfection, they do not want to be guided through the path of trials that lead to it. They hardly even begin to walk and they stop submitting to it. So this is his point is that we, we give up too quick. Uh, well, I love it, and that you can. We have now a new perspective on the the trials, the discomforts, the the fears, the the tribulations that come our way. As saying that this is this is actually the Lord bringing us up in holiness, giving us an opportunity to respond in holiness. I I love it, Father. Very good. Let's uh, let's squeeze in another phone call here. I think let's uh, let's go to Ida, who's calling in from Sayreville, New Jersey. Ida, welcome to the Inner Life. Hi. So uh, I'm, I'm a stay-at-home mom and a wife, and I have five children. And I used to think that it was maybe an advantage to stay be at home all the time because you're not interacting with the outside world, so it's kind of easier to not fall into as much sin, you know, interacting with other strangers and getting angry and conflict. But then I realized being home with five children and my husband, that's dealing with six other personalities and 
that's, uh, you know, it's a challenge dealing with each person because each person is their own person. And so sometimes I question, you know, is it easier to, uh, is it more challenging to become, to stay on the holy path while you're home at home or when you're outside? Because I feel like if you're at home, it's easier for you to slip up. You can say, you know, my love, these are my loved ones. They love me. So they'll put up with me, but outside, you know, the Bible also says that, um, Jesus says that it's easier for us to be good to the ones we love. And sometimes we treat harshly the ones that are outside of the home. So I wanted to see your take. Do you think it's maybe more challenging to work on your path of holiness inside the home or outside of the home and any tips that you have for remaining in that path as a parent or as a mother? Mm -hmm. Yeah, super great. Um, So there's a number of things we can say here. Uh, One is that your, your initial reflection was that, you know, I'll be unsullied by the things of the world. So maybe it'll be easier in the home. And then through experience that, well, maybe it's harder in the home because I'm, I'm uh, in constant conversation with these people. Right. So there's a, there's always an idea uh, idealization that we do with life. And then there's always a, there's almost always a, the grass is greener that we do uh, almost at the same time. And, and I think you're articulating both of those realities in what you're sharing here. There's certain, there's a certain gift and then there's a certain burden, you know, to, to anything. And so the, the short answer is that there's not, there's not an easier place, but there's going to be different things to pay attention to when you're in those uh, different situations. So I work a lot with religious uh, sisters, the missionaries of charity, and they are in the convent with each other all day, every day for years. Um, and so what it, and so that's what you're speaking about when you're talking about well, I'm with my family members all day, every day, and I'm never not with them. Right. And so those are different elements that the Lord is going to be inviting you to work on with regard to patience and with regard to giving the benefit of the doubt and with regard to showing uh, mercy quickly and uh, rising from that difficulty uh, more quickly with each other. So these are where you're going to be sanctified uh, more rigorously in the home. Whereas when I'm out in public, what do I have to do? Well, I have to close my ears and close my eyes to the things that are dark and sinful. So that's where I'm going to be honing in on those things out in the world. But it's pretty easy to be kind uh, to a person if you just have to be kind to them for 10 seconds while you're saying hi in the grocery store. Uh, and so there's these different elements. So I wouldn't say it's easier one way or the other or more difficult one way or the other, but there are different virtues that are going to be invited to grow in uh, more, more practically in one situation as compared to the other. Yeah, excellent, uh, excellent question and excellent response too, Father. I like that that we need to have different, uh, different antenna up, so to speak, uh, as mm-hmm. we go through the different phases or the different parts of our life. So, Ida, thank you for the call. Thanks for calling in, Father. We've only got a few minutes left, but I did want to ask this question: What about when we face discouragement? I mean, what about in this, in all of this? Uh, there's all of us face these times where we're just like, I, I don't have anything to give anymore. I, I, I don't, you know, I can't. This is not something that I want to pursue, perhaps. Um, any any tips for us there? Yeah, well, discouragement, uh, the, the word means that the heart has been taken out. Uh, courage, uh, the center of the word courage is core, which is the Latin word for heart. You know, so 
courage is to have heart and discouragement uh, is when the heart is being taken out. So I have to reconnect with my heart. I have to, and, and I don't just mean that in some sort of only poetic way or something like that, but I have to, I have to re-engage my heart. Um, and what is my heart is the center of who I am. And it's God who is the one who brings courage uh, to me, that brings encouragement to me. And then it's, it's uh, the sacred scriptures, which we've talked about already. Uh, it's prayer. It's a uh, Reaching out to a friend who can, who can, who can encourage me and who can uh, push me forward, push me onward. Um, paying attention again to the lives of the saints, which we've mentioned. So there's a lot of these things that we've already paid attention to uh, in this in this hour. But it also includes awareness. Um, wh- where am I experiencing that? What does that look like? What does it feel like? What What are the times of day or the the times of life that 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 seems to be happening to become aware of it will be the beginning of the answer actually because if i know where it is or when it is then i can start to pay attention to well what led to that and where do we need to go from there mm-hmm. um and so i think i think awareness is is first and foremost with almost everything but yeah, also that's... with discouragement yeah that's very good father well we're down to about our last minute here father so we always like to close the show with a blessing so if you would please as we all pursue the universal call to holiness let us pray lord encourage us with the same encouragement that you have in christ jesus for us may you pour out your holy spirit upon all of us may almighty god bless you all the father and the son and the holy spirit amen amen our spiritual director today has been father craig vasek as we have been speaking about the universal call to holiness and how that's incumbent on all of our lives. Um, so if you missed any part of it, you can go back and catch the show, RelevantRadio.com, and just uh, click on The Inner Life and listen to the podcasted episode as well. Coming up next, we have The Holy Sacrifice of the Math with Father Matt's seminar. And tomorrow, Charity to the Poor. How do, how's your Lenten almsgiving going? That's what we'll tackle tomorrow here on The Inner Life. Hope you can join us. Thanks for joining us this time. Grateful for you and all that you do. Grateful for your prayers as well. Until next time, grace and peace.